Welcome, welcome to the IBS Mock Draft. Decided to do this this year. I think we're uh, there was a year gap last year, and we're going to get a crack in. So we'll put these up when we are done, and you guys can debate and tell, call us stupid or do whatever it is that you would like. I am joined by my co-host. First, Joe. Hey, what's going on? Hey, all right, and then we have Cody Stewart, because we have many Cody's in our group. <laughs> What's going on, RC? All right, so the way we're going to do this, we have talked about it before, but I'm going to tell the audience, the way we're going to do this is I am going to read the pick. We are going to tell you which of us picked, and then we will react to it. So I am first, and the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock, and, of course, we all know. That they, well, we think we know, even though there's been some uh, kickback this week, some pushback, but the Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. What do you think, gentlemen? I like the pick. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense with, with uh, Kingsbury. Um, they got a lot of problems on the offensive line. Somebody that's mobile like Murray is going gonna, is gonna to cover up a lot of that. So. Um, I think it's kind of what they what they need to to get that offense in motion, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. Yeah, I mean, I like I like what Kyler did, obviously in college, Heisman winner. Uh, might be able to lightning strike twice, kind of deal as far as have another Heisman winner come in and have an impact like Baker did on the Browns. Um, I guess my only question to the Cardinals would be, why give up on Josh Rosen so fast? You know, you used the tenth overall pick last year on him. This could be a, a good spot to build that defense up for the future. I agree. I agree. It does feel a little bit like uh, one step forward, two steps back. Like you build on it, you get you could trade down, you could get uh, probably a couple picks for that. You get a defensive guy, you get another offensive guy, receiver. But yeah, it kind of seems like that. But if you got Kingsbury, then I guess you uh, you go with what he wants. And I mean, you hire a coach like that, I guess you give him what he wants, the toy that he wants. All right, the number two pick was edge rusher Nick Bosa from Ohio State. So uh, I loved uh, Nick Bosa. That's why I wanted to go with him here. Um, I think he is sort of the the crown jewel um, of the edge rusher class. That's just a fantastic class. Um, But he's got everything that you want. He's got size, he's got speed, he's got bend. He's got the hand fighting, he's got the techniques, um, and he's going to be able to come in and do everything from day one. Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, is pretty much as close as you can get to a complete prospect. Uh, I mean, you, you can't get much closer to a complete prospect as a rookie, um, and I think he plays with just this crazy amount of strength if you watch his tape. He has a huge first punch. And he's like you know, a really quick guy, but he absorbs double teams like he plays on the interior. Um, and I think just one-on-one, he's going to be an absolute fiend. I think he's going to be a great pro. Okay, yeah, look, Nick is 
I think Nick is a, a great prospect. Obviously, you know, uh, his brother Joey uh, is a beast with the, the Chargers. The only thing with him is he has to stay healthy. Uh, Nick is going to come into the 49ers and definitely wreak havoc. I guess my question to the 49ers would simply be, if you are the 49ers GM and you look at what they've done over the past, I guess, what, four to five years as far as all of the first-round picks they've taken on defensive line, who is yeah. the guy that they look to move possibly after the, the draft is over? That's, I mean, uh, that's actually a really good question. A lot of those question. guys aren't doing anything. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, no, I mean, that's, that's a really good question. But uh, exactly what I was thinking, that, you've, that you have invested a lot in it, but you're not necessarily getting the returns. Um, I think that it's less like a um, – it's at the point where you're starting to have to – you're getting to the point where you're going to have to pay some of those guys. And, and I don't think that yeah. anybody has shown me that they're a star um, on that line. So I, I think you're, you're – you know – uh, it's better to go with somebody cheap who I think is going to be a stud. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a good question, but my philosophy is that you can't have too many pass rushers. And so, in yeah. the vein, just, I mean, you rotate them out. The Giants used to do that. Philly's done that. And a lot of those guys like Solomon Thomas aren't proven. Buckner's all right, but he's not like a great pass rusher. So, it's just kind yeah. of like you go with it, and then when it's time to pay him, let him go. <laughs> and we'll let him walk. Yep, the New York Jets select Josh Allen, edge rusher from the University of Kentucky. Uh, I'm a, a huge fan of Josh Allen. There's actually a lot of guys in this draft that I like. Um, but as far as a, a edge rusher, as they, they call him, I know some uh, will – put that label on Nick Bosa as well. I feel like both of those guys, those are 1A, 1B guys. I really love what Josh Allen brings. I love his size, 6'5", 260. Um, this is something that the Jets need. Uh, last year, the Jets, they were about mid-pack as far as total sacks on the year by their team uh, with 39. They were uh, led by two guys, Jordan Jenkins and Henry Anderson with seven. So they're leading – their leading sack uh, guys only had seven sacks, so it's definitely something that they're going to be looking to add on, especially when you're trying to get guys like Tom Brady down. Uh, you have the up-and-coming Sam Darnold, the up-and-coming Josh Allen. So that would be a nice little matchup, Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. Uh, but I just love what, what he brings uh, to this team. Um, he had seven sacks in his sophomore and junior season, and then his senior season he blew up with 17 sacks and five forced fumbles. So you look at what the Jets were able to do in the offseason. They were going to bring in Anthony Barr and kind of use him in the same role, but Anthony Barr backed out. Why not go ahead and bring in Josh Allen to, to get some heat off of the edge and get those uh, those quarterbacks down? I completely agree, man. I think that he's going to be a great prospect. I think it's a great uh, – just looking at what he's done against other top – Tier competition, um, seeing him work against guys like uh, like Jawan Taylor in Florida, um, other people who are con- guys who are considered top notch uh, prospects, you know NFL type prospects. Uh, he he did an incredible job against the best competition, um, some of the best offensive line competition in football in college football, and um, I, I think this is this is a great spot for him. Um, I, I love him as a as an edge rushing prospect and. Um, I, I think you're right. It is sort of a like a one A one B. It's it's you know what do you value um, in your guy? Is it you know is it speed? Is it strength? Is it you know what, what is it? Um, and I think a lot of these prospects have it. As far as you know, edge rushers, um, this is going to be an incredible class, and I, I love this guy. 
Uh, I'm just going to be my first disagreement. I think that, uh, yeah, he has a lot of the raw potential. He's really long. So when I've seen him a couple times, not a couple times, but a lot of times, like he doesn't beat you on that first that, that first explosive step. You can kind of wash him out. He's long. He's mostly got upper body strength. I just, I mean, and he's in my top, uh, in my top seven or eight. But I just, I'm not as big on him as you guys seem to be on him. I would have went with Quentin Williams, Quentin Williams because he's like an impossible guy to block. He's just so slippery to get a hand on him. But I mean, I don't think it's a horrible pick. But I think I would have went with Quentin Williams there. What do you What do you say to that, Cody? I, hey, Quentin, he's going to be a great prospect in this league for sure. Um, you know, I, I guess I just look at what the Jets have done over the years. You know, you bring in Leonard Williams a few years ago. And, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad, you know, one-two right there with Quentin and, and Leonard Williams. But I just feel like what they were looking to do in the offseason and then losing Anthony Barr, I feel like they're going to kind of try to jump at that, which I totally agree. And, I mean, you look at how the NFL has changed now. I mean, most of the guys getting these sacks are the guys coming around the edge, not necessarily the guy with their – their hand in the ground. I just kind of feel like the, the Jets are going to try to, you know, shake it up a little bit and go from what they're they're used to doing. Uh, that's why I went Josh Allen for him. Yeah, there's, there's no. Uh, I mean, I don't think you really go wrong. If I looked at my, I did look at my profile, but I think I had him at least top seven. But I really like yeah. Quinn and Williams, and it really hurt me that he only went fifth in this draft. But I was trying to think. That gives me a segue. I was trying to think the way the Raiders do. And if I was the GM of the Raiders, I think I would go with upside and explosion. And so for the Raiders, I actually made the pick of Ed Oliver, uh, defensive tackle for Houston. I, I think I made this pick because I really like Oliver. I like uh, his explosiveness. I think we picked him, like, last year he was around, like, around maybe the top pick. or that's what we were thinking. And everybody's known he's a stud. And I think we're just kind of picking him apart. The guy is a beast. There have been lots of Aaron Donald comparisons. And while I don't think anybody could be Aaron Donald with this kind of athleticism, he looks like a linebacker playing defensive – not defensive end, playing defensive tackle. And he plays like that too. I, I love Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver is, is my favorite prospect, I think, in, in this actual draft. Um, like you said, I mean, he looks like a linebacker. He's almost kind of built like a linebacker. He's fast as a linebacker. But I really feel like you put him on that defensive line, I feel like he could play any position on that defensive line. Um, you know, he not, didn't necessarily get the sacks as far you know his college career goes, but you look at the tackles for losses in his three years in Houston, he ended up having 53 tackles for losses. So that shows that he is in the backfield. He can stop the run, but he can get to where he needs to get to. I love this pick for the Raiders. Uh, I like this pick. I like Ed Oliver. Um, I do have a couple questions about him as, as sort of a prospect against the run. Um, watching his tape, I feel like I saw him get, get washed out a little bit um, in the run, especially when uh, he's taking on double teams or there's people like running straight at him. Um, I think he had a little bit of, of issues with those double teams. I think he can get if he can get his playing weight up, which obviously that you know pro level um, strength and conditioning. If he can gain a little weight um, and play with that same that same explosiveness, um, I think he's going to be a, a great like a top tier um, interior rusher for a long time. And we have we have a Giants fan in the house. So the Giants picked for number six, uh, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State. 
Oh, you skipped me at five, man. Oh. Come on now. Yeah, you skipped you skip five. Oh, did I mess up? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I got I got excited. Oh, no. This is the uh, guy I was just hyping up. Number five, the fifth pick, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick, Quinnen Williams. My bad. and Williams. Uh, so I personally believe that the Bucs, uh, if, if Arizona doesn't do something crazy, I think that the Bucs are the most likely to trade away this pick. Um, but I was playing it as if they're going to stay here, especially with somebody like Quinn Williams still on the board. Um, I, I think a lot of people, and I kind of go back and forth on whether or not I think he's the top prospect in the draft. Um, I think he is. I absolutely um, love this guy. So uh, I think that he's the best player available. He's the most complete player available at a position of need for the Bucks. The Bucks have a lot of holes. Um, to fill, but I think they're going to probably be pretty solid um, on offense. Again, they'll probably look for some, uh, you know, receiver help later on. It's a little too high to go for any of the receivers or um, line help here, and so I think that uh, D-line is what I wanted. I, Quinn Williams, just as a prospect, is I think as close you can get to, to can't miss. Um, he's coming out of the program that you want to see somebody coming out of uh, – and he's got all of the production that you that you could want. He's got the size, he's got the speed. So um, I, I really I, I love him here, especially at five. This is my favorite, not my favorite, but this is my highest rated player in the draft. He got a 96 pro football focus score out of 100. 96. I guess the only thing you could say about him, well, a couple things you could say about him negatively. If you said all the good things, you could say that he's not a physical freak and he's not. His athleticism mm-hmm. for the NFL is probably kind of average. And then you could also right. say he's a one-year starter. But I love him. He's a technician. He, he's a student of the game because you see sometimes he just beats guys off the block at the snap. I mean, there's so many good things about him to say. Uh, he's just slippery. That's a good word. Like you can't get your hands on him. He, not fully. He's a technician. He uses leverage. He uses his hands. And I just, I, like I said, I agree with Joe. Can't miss prospect. I agree. Uh, can't miss prospect. I think he is the, the most NFL ready out of any of the prospects that are coming out right now. Uh, he'll definitely be able to be plugged in and, you know, go ahead and do what he needs to do from, from day one, season one. Um, let me just pose this question to you, though, Joe. Um I understand Quinn Williams falling to five. I'm jumping all over that, no doubt. But if yeah. you had to pick another player as far as outside of Quinn Williams, who would have been the second choice for you for Tampa Bay? Because I've been mocking Devin White, linebacker from LSU to Tampa Bay this whole time. I think that'd be a perfect fit. So I, that was the other uh, that was the other guy that I had. Um, I, I'm seeing a ton of uh, of Devin White. Um, really, I think it came down to more that uh, I think that the Tampa Bay has needs all over the defense, um, and you absolutely can't miss with Quinn and Williams. Um, I think that he's, for me, it was uh, best player available here, um, yep. and, and this is the guy. But, uh, but Devin White, absolutely. I think if you were going to go with another position of need, um, and if Quinn and Williams wasn't available, Absolutely, uh, I think that that Devin White would have been would have been great here. Okay, and so I just, I jumped the gun because I wanted to get to Cody, <laughs> and you know, these guys really wanted to pick for their team. Dallas didn't have a pick, so I had no dog in the hunt. Uh, so <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, number six, the Giants picked Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State. I know your team, and we're hearing in the media. There's a lot of controversy in real life. 
Gettleman says they don't really need a quarterback. They can uh, <laughs> go with Eli. But obviously you disagree. Look, man, I I could probably spend about three hours talking about what the Giants need to do. Um, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. As far as what Gettleman is saying into the media, I truly feel like he's trying to throw some smoke screens up, throw some people off. Who knows, honestly. But if I'm the GM for the Giants, it's time to find a quarterback. And I do think Dwayne Haskins fits the mold for what we're looking for. Uh, I feel like while he's not the fastest, um, he is an athletic quarterback. He's a he reminds me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger as far as his stature. He can take hits. He can move around if need be. Um, I think he has a very strong arm. Uh, pretty accurate. I just I love what he brings to the table. I feel that obviously he'd be able to benefit off of having a a top three to five running back in Saquon Barkley in his first year and years going forward. Um, I know a lot of people feel that the Giants really need to to build up their defense. If they do, I totally agree. But there's no way Haskins is going to fall to 17, in my opinion. And you just don't wait on quarterbacks to fall to you. If he's there at six, you got to jump on it right there to there if you're not going to trade up. I think Haskins is the right choice right here. Uh, I completely agree. Um, I think that uh, he could benefit from – sitting behind somebody like Eli. Um, I'd like to see him sit. I don't know if New York uh, is going to be able to have the patience for that. Um, if, if he does get picked here, uh, because of his lack of experience, that's really one of my only concerns about him as a prospect. Uh, but I love how quick he is uh, with the ball in his hands, making reads, doing all the right things. Um, he does have a couple of those things when you're um, talking about sort of uh, like reading defenses going high to low through his progressions, he will make some mistakes, but I think that's more because he hasn't had those reps yet. So uh, I think getting in there and getting coached up, it's going to be really important for him. I would like to sort of not see him thrown to the wolves, but uh, as a, as a thrower and as a, as a guy, as a, as a person who is making passes, um, I love him in this draft. I think he's the, the best quarterback there is. I know people are, you know, talking about Kyler Murray, the, the all-around prospect, but if we're just talking about the quarterback position and, and who can make all of the, the right reads and throws, I think this is the guy. Um, so I, I just want to see him get a little more experience. That's my only real question is, is you know, I think people are going to be able to disguise defenses against him because he just hasn't had to do any of that stuff yet. Um, and he hasn't had the, the that in-game experience and, and really um, – but I, you got to love his body type, like you said. Uh, kind of that Ben Roethlisberger, um, larger kind of guy, built well. Um, and I think that he, uh, he's he got everything you want in a quarterback, and I think the Giants would, would be wise to take him here. So, so Cody, you're the Giants fan, so I know you've thought about this a lot more than all of us have. You know, I got, I've given it a little thought because it's interesting. But so why did you go, and Haskins' stock seems to be dropping, so why did you go with Haskins over, say, and I'm laughing when I say this, but some people are rumoring it, Daniel Jones or Locke. Why did you pick Haskins? All right, well, I'll tell you this much. If the Giants draft Daniel Jones at six, I will be putting in applications for a new team. Okay, because <laughs> it, no, sir. No, sir. Daniel jo- Listen to me. Daniel Jones, is, he's not even a top five quarterback in this uh, this class for me. He might be for other people, obviously, but for me, he, he no, he is not that guy. Now, Drew Locke, he does intrigue me. Don't get me wrong. He does intrigue me. I think he's going to be a decent 
uh, prospect. You know, he will be a starter in this league at some point. But Dwayne, while only, as you said, Joe, he, he doesn't necessarily have the experience for only having that one-year start uh, in, in Ohio State. But for him to go to a, a big program, play some pretty big teams in the Big Ten, throw for 50 touchdowns in a season – just to, to be able to learn as fast as he has and to be able to possibly learn behind Eli Manning, which we know he's not necessarily you know the best quarterback to ever play, but he can still pass down some things to Dwayne to, to really get better at. I, I'm, I'm taking him over, over Locke all day, man, all day. So, you know, I, I, think, I agree completely. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I like Haskins, too. When the season first started, or, the, you know, uh, at the end of draft season, I guess, or not, I'm sorry, at the end of college football season, I saw Haskins. Haskins got better. I thought Haskins was better. Haskins got better as the season went on. I just, I was skeptical about Murray because of the baseball thing and because of the size. Uh, but then I got sold on Murray as time went on. Pro Football Focus has him as his number one player. I saw a lot of scouts that once he committed to it, said he was good and he was ready to go. So and then I see the fit with Cliff, Kip, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, but I love Haskins. I love what he can do with intermediate throws. I think he makes the most uh, pro throws, especially intermediate. I know he needs a little bit of touch on his deep ball, and he has the size. I think the only really concern, and Joe brought it up, was experience. And then the other concern is probably that he's kind of, and it's kind of unstereotypical, but he's not super mobile. For any kind of quarterback, right. especially what you would say is a black quarterback, you don't see that, despite the fact what Stephen A. Smith would say. All right, so <laughs> number seven pick, right? With the number seven pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select DK Metcalf, wide receiver Ole Miss. I made this pick, and I know this is going to be one of those controversial picks. I don't even have DK Metcalf as the number one receiver on my board. The number one receiver on my board is Akeem Butler. But I was thinking, I don't know if I really would do this if I was in Jacksonville's role, but right now, thinking like them, I think what they have a very limited window. They have, they just signed Foles to a big contract. They, they're eventually going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey. The defense is starting to get older. They've already dropped some of those people that they signed. So I feel like they're in a win-now situation, and you need the player that can make the biggest impact, the biggest upside, and that's DK Metcalf. I think if you use them properly, he'll be explosive, and they need points, so you get the most explosive guy. That that that's great. I mean, look, I get it. People, you know, as far as like for the Jaguars, they're probably going to say, "I don't know if we want to go wide receiver because we all remember what happened with Justin Blackman." Uh, but why why not though? I mean, like you said, the the offense needs to get it together because the defense seems like it's already there. Uh, we saw what Nick Foles was able to do in Philly as far as when he came in. He spread the ball around, but he did. It seems like he got Alshon Jeffrey more involved, which is great. DK Metcalf still, he has that bigger frame, sort of like what um, Alshon Jeffrey has. You give your, your newly signed quarterback a big target and let him go out there and make some things happen. I, I personally, I love the pick right there of DK Metcalf to the Jaguars at seven. Uh, Metcalf for me is, is definitely, he's growing on me. Um, I, I know that he's got a, a little bit of injury problems that does concern me. Um, but, uh, I, I made a post, uh, probably about a month ago where I was talking to, um, one of my physical therapist friends, um, just about, you know, injuries in general. Um, and she brought up neck injuries and was talking about how important neck and 
or how much neck injuries uh, actually affect your um, your agility. So when people had concerns about um, his like shuttle and, and cone drills and things like that, um, she was saying, yeah, actually, you know, a neck injury can affect that pretty much more than anything that's not an ankle or a knee injury. Uh, your ability to to stop and transition and change directions. So uh, that he's coming off the surgery and was a little bit slower. I actually kind of uh, or I. I cooled on on my uh, negative opinion about him there, um, and I think that puts him back into the top. I have him, um, in, you know, in my in my top twenty total for big board. Um, I didn't quite have him in the top ten, but uh, you know, I I do like him here for Jacksonville. I think it's a good fit. Um, I think it is something that they would do. It's not what I would do if I was the GM, but it's definitely something I could see them doing. With the eighth pick, the Detroit Lions select edge rusher Florida State. Definitely one of my favorite two players in the draft, Brian Burns. Love it. Yes. Uh, so I I love this guy. Um, he is somebody that I feel like, as far as athletic ability, um, is right there with the 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 sweats, the Allen's, the Bosa's. Um, he has got elite speed um, and length. His his only problem really in college uh, was his playing weight. And I had heard him uh, sort of comped to uh, to Randy Gregory was uh, was a comp that I had heard early on. Um, and I thought that that was completely premature. Um, first of all, I don't think he was ever as light as Randy Gregory was uh, at Nebraska. But then when he showed up at the combine, he had put on 20, 25 pounds, um, more than expected, and I mean the the scouts were still just like, wow, what a you know this guy. He's got he's got great speed, got great explosion. Um, you and I have talked before. We love the bend, um, love his ability to change directions on the fly, um, and he actually has some pretty underrated hands. Uh, I I just I feel like his absolute floor is a quality pass rusher starter in this league. Um, but I think he has all of the potential to be the, the best uh, edge rusher in here. He's got a ceiling, in my opinion, um, that is the best edge rusher in this class that's going to be an incredible class. Uh, he should be locked into the top ten. I, I hope that people aren't scared of him. Um, and there's absolutely no reason he should be considered outside of the top 17. I think that that's his – you know, if, if everybody just cools on him and his size, I think the Giants are going to scoop him up at 17. Um, I think that he's that he's perfect. But I love him here for, for Detroit. Um, this is exactly the kind of thing they need. I've been big old Burns the whole time. you got a lot of flack for him going to the Redskins. But I, I'll be yeah. very quick with this one. Uh, Burns had the most pressures of any Power 5 defender in the country last year with 69. I think it is amazing. Uh, I think it's an amazing fit to go to Detroit, and then you get Trey Flowers on one side, you get Burns yep. on the other side, and you've got a nasty line. What do you think, Cody? Man, you, have y'all ever just had a prospect come out? No matter what they did in college, and you had a prospect come out, and you just you just felt like he was not going to be good. That That's what I got from, from Brian Burns in the beginning. Man. I felt that he was not going to be good, 
And then I just started watching more tape on him. I started reading more things about him. And one thing really popped out to me, and it was somebody had put up, I believe it was just like the combine measurements and, and shuttle times and all that from Vaughn Miller and uh, Burns, and they were almost identical. And, I mean, that's really <laughs> stuck with me ever since I saw that. And I'm, I'm, I, he's, he's definitely gone up my board for sure. Uh, I agree with you, Joe. He, I don't think he falls out of the top ten. I hope he doesn't fall out of the top ten because he can be the best edge rusher in this class. Uh, him going to Detroit definitely gets things going for them because one thing they've been lacking for the past, I don't know, what, five to ten years, if not more, has been defense and pressure. Uh, go ahead, add him there, and they're going to start wrecking havoc on those NFC North quarterbacks. But next pick up, the Buffalo Bills with the ninth pick select Montez Sweat, edge rusher at Mississippi <laughs> State. With the recent news that you weren't up to because it was it had just broken, Cody. Uh, with the recent news of the enlarged heart and all the things they're talking about with him dropping and him not being not going to the draft. Uh, you still stand by this pick, Cody? I do. I, I really like Montez Sweat. I mean, y'all, y'all are going to see that for some reason. I don't know. I guess I just love all the edge rushers now, uh, just because that's where the game is gone. But I still, I do like Montez Sweat. What did you say in the group, Joe? You said something about they said they're just gonna have a defibrillator on the uh, sideline. Yeah, there was a there was a GM who just said, yeah, I guess the training staff's gonna add a defibrillator. I mean, <laughs> like that's 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 the kind of that's the kind of quality guy. Like you said, I'm I'm completely in love with the pass rushers in this class too. So this guy has got all the talent in the world. Uh, he is there is so little that separates guys like him and Burns and Allen. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I I I completely see could see this pick. Um, if people are scared off by him, then somebody is gonna get great value with him falling, and I wouldn't be upset if it was the Redskins. Look, I, I said the same thing. I said if there's a way that Montez Sweat like just starts falling, I'm talking about like we're, we're at about like the 23-24 range and he's still there. I'm all for the Giants doing whatever they have to do to move back into the first round and drafted him to get that fifth-year option that they could get with having him in the first round. But I still stand by this pick, RC. I love Montez Sweat. I just look at Buffalo. Uh, they ranked 26 last year in total sacks as far as the team goes. Montez, over his last two years in college, had 22-and-a-half total sacks with 30 tackles for losses. Uh, I think that he's going to bring another uh, dimension to this Buffalo defense to help them out. Uh, Why not? Go ahead, get Montez sweat, get that edge going, man, get some pressure on those quarterbacks. When I watched Sweat, the first thing or the one word that I came up with was just violent. He just plays the game violently. And you just need guys like that on your team. I don't know about the heart condition. They left. They let him – they cleared him for the combine. There have been guys like Star uh, Tuile that didn't clear for the combine and eventually got drafted. So, I mean, if he, if he cleared for the combine with all those doctors and no one said anything really, then I don't know if this is like a smoke screen or people overanalyze. I don't know, but – I don't have a problem with it, assuming, you know, my GM and my doctors cleared them or whatever. Number 10, we got the Denver Broncos selecting TJ Hawkinson. Now, this is another guy that's on the top of my list as far as favorite players. There's nothing this guy can't do. He's like, his measurables are almost identical to Gronk. His game is like a young Jason Witten. He doesn't play as powerful as Gronk, but he's a, a more athletic Jason Williams. I mean, Jason Williams, Jason Witten. 
and he can block. He can run routes like a receiver. He just has everything you want in a tight end. This is another guy who I love, and I think he's a can't-miss prospect. I absolutely love this guy. Um, I, I don't I don't see any way that, that he makes it uh, much further than this. I think I think the lowest I have him mocked is like 12. Um, I, you're absolutely right. He does everything right uh, at, at the tight end position. Um, there's nothing more you could ask from him. He is, is a complete player at this position. Um, and I love the, the Gronk comp. Um, you're right. He doesn't play the game as physically and that might actually benefit him. You know, you see injuries taking a toll on Gronk toward the end of his career, but uh, he pretty much looks like a Gronk clone in the receiving game. Um, he can block. Uh, he's a mean blocker. He finishes things. He gets to the second level. He's, he's blocking for, you know, uh, Iowa's a pretty run-heavy team. He's blocking for all those, you know, those little guys that they had back there, his names I'm forgetting this year. And, uh, you know, I, I think he does a great job. Uh, he, he runs a fantastic route. Um, and when you have a guy like Noah Fant who's out there who is also an incredible tight end prospect and you're blowing him away, um, mocked above him in, in everything, you know you're something special. Uh, this, this guy is, is going to be special. Yeah, Hawkinson is, is going to be – he's going to be great. The ground comparisons, of course, makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like the, the, the highest this guy could go, it wouldn't surprise me if he went to Jacksonville, honestly, at seven overall. Um, yep. You know, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. But, honestly, going to Denver, uh, you brought in Flacco. You know, I feel like Denver feels that they have a little window as well with what they have on defense, too. Uh, it, it only makes sense, man. Go ahead, throw him in there and, and see what he can do. Uh, neither one of you asked me, but uh, a lot of people have Drew Locke um, put there, but I just don't see if you pick Flacco, why well, go after another quarterback and put somebody behind him and just make, like Cody was saying, just make your team better and see what happens. I mean, you signed Flacco, so it is what it is. R.C., I'll, I'll tell you Remember why they go Drew Locke. And it's, I was going to say, just real quickly, I was going to say, I'll tell you why they would go Drew Locke at uh, 10 for Denver. Uh, John Elway, that's why. He just loves to see what quarterbacks <laughs> can stick to the wall and work. So I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he did that. <clears throat> yeah, that does sound like a John Elway thing. I was trying to actually make the team better, whereas John Elway for <laughs> quarterback every single year. At number 11, we have the Cincinnati Bengals in an interesting position. They pick Devin White, linebacker, LSU. Uh, so – this team has got holes just about everywhere, um, but I see uh, Burfick's future is in question. Uh, suspensions, concussions, um, since he needs help. Uh, so this guy can come in. He's a playmaker, sideline to sideline. Um, he can thump in the middle. Uh, there's really not much not to like about him um, as, as a linebacker prospect. Uh, I think that he's sort of the natural replacement uh, in getting younger, getting healthier. Um, Cincinnati, I think, could have gone a lot of ways here, but uh, this is this is the way I think with that talent that's left on the board. We had talked before, saw him going as high as five. Uh, I think this is a good spot for him. If Devin White legitimately falls to 11 to the Bengals, 
they better be thanking whoever they believe in upstairs because <laughs> this would be an all-time great move for them. Honestly, I believe Devin White is a, a 12-year starter at linebacker. He will be the, the quarterback of a defense. He will get things straight. I mean, this guy, the ceiling is so high for this guy. Uh, oh, my goodness, man. If, if he falls to Cincinnati, the Cincinnati fans will automatically think they won the draft just based off of this one pick. And I would have to agree that this is going to be a great player, man. I will say that on my big board, I have him number 10. and Maybe that's too low, but I have him number 10. And Pro Football Focus says that he is the highest-graded coverage linebacker in the whole nation with a 91 grade. He's a physical wow. freak. He's from LSU, so you know how they grow him there. And, I mean, I, I, again, I think White and Bush and Sweat and Allen and Burns, so many great edge rushers and linebackers in this class, I think there's going to be studs from years to come. Did one of you want to get in? Nah, that's, that's all. Okay, you good? I thought I heard somebody uh, yeah. peeping up. Number 12, Green Bay Packers. They picked one of my favorites again, Hakeem Butler, wide receiver, Iowa State. Hakeem Butler, is he's, he's that guy to me, RC and Joe, as far as wide receiver goes. 6'6", 225 pounds. His last season with Iowa State, 60 receptions, a little over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. So, obviously, off of his size, you already know this is going to be a red zone threat for sure. But when he gets the ball in space, he has more speed than, than what it really seems like he has. He reminds me of a Plexico Burris and Anquan Bolden mix, which is huge. Um, if Green Bay is able to get him, and that's going to take off a lot of pressure from Devontae Adams, uh, I mean, this, this Packers offense can get back to the days and when they had Devontae, Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb. Uh, I was initially not very high on Hakeem Butler, but I, I think that was just me not watching his tape. Um, when I finally got around to watching his tape, I, I, I thought that he was just going to be one of those guys who, you know, had some size, had some speed, and was going to fly up the boards late. Um, but after watching his tape, uh, I think that, you know, playing at Iowa State sort of uh, worked against him. And if he was playing at, you know, a school that was more well-known um, for their passing, if he played someplace a little more pass-happy, then he would, be, uh, he would be up this high for everybody. I think this is a great pick. Um, I, I would like to, to see the Packers. I think the Packers have a, a couple different directions they can go, but I have him, um, I think the lowest I've, I've got him is like 25. Yeah, you just got a really big guy that runs like a uh, guy that's much smaller. Right now, he is training with Megatron. To, to prepare Uh-oh. for the draft and prepare for the season. Oh, man. You're talking about a kid that's six five, uh four four forty yard dash, thirty thirty six inch vertical. He just got everything. And the craziest thing besides him after the catch, there's this one play where he catches the ball, there's a guy falling off of him. He knocks that guy out. Then he then he bends down and hits the next guy that comes and runs for a touchdown. He's just unbelievable. I think Plastico is a great comparison. I just he can do it all. And the funniest thing I saw is he ran the whip route a couple times. A guy that size is not supposed to beat a corner on a whip route. So I know people say there's things about the drop, 
But there have been players in the league that dropped T.O., Des White. I mean, Des White. Des Bryant. I mean, there have been guys that have dropped. But what they do in the big plays make up for those kind of plays. Also, he led the nation in plays over 20 yards. I love Hakeem Butler. He's my favorite player in the whole entire draft. Number 13, we finally got him, Drew Locke, quarterback, <laughs> Missouri, and he is picked by the Miami Dolphins. I think that one's on me, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I think so. All right, so I picked Locke because Locke is a boomer bust guy. He reminds me of Stafford, and not the way Stafford plays now, which is a little bit more conservative, but the way Stafford plays his first few years in the league. The thing that bothers me about Locke is he's kind of lazy. Like, he'll get back and throw those bubble screens or throw those wide receiver screens and smoke routes, and he won't really do the right footing. Like, he'll just drop back and throw it. On any short route, he's not real fluid. He's really lazy with his footwork. And also, I've seen him in big games, like against Alabama, he'll get sharp. But I don't want to see a guy that turns it on and turns it off like that. I also don't want to see a guy take as many risks as he does. I know, Joe, I think it was you that you were saying that the people around him tended to be the issue and maybe he pressed more because of the people around him. Uh, yes. I think that uh, I had been watching his tape. I'd seen some um, issues outside of uh, uh, Hall. Uh, he really doesn't have anybody who you would think of as, as like a pro-type prospect um, playing on the offense. He changed – uh, offensive coordinators before his senior year. But I do agree with the boomer bust, um, which is why I like him uh, to go someplace where he, you can sit behind somebody who, you know, for, for a little bit uh, and maybe learn from a journeyman quarterback uh, there. I'd like to see him develop a little bit because you're absolutely right about the games that he plays in. If it's a big-time game, if the lights are on, he shows up every time. But for those games, I, he is the perfect type of guy to get trapped by a trap game um, because when it, it doesn't seem like there's something on the line, he does get lazy, especially in his footwork. He has incredible arm strength and for that reason doesn't always set his base well. Um, I noticed that a lot. He really arms a lot of the throws because he can get away with it. Um, that's not going to be the case in the NFL. Uh, the coverages are just going to be tighter. You're not going to get away with that kind of stuff. So um, he's going to have to be on every time. If he can turn it on and keep it on, uh, he can be a great quarterback prospect, potentially one of the better or best throwers um, in this draft. But uh, I personally don't see that. I, I think that he is a um, – I like the Matthew Stafford uh, comparison. I see him uh, in that sort of Matthew Stafford, kind of closer to Jake Cutler um, area. Um, he's talented enough, but, you know, uh, I don't know. He's could be hit or miss. Yeah, I, I agree with that comparison, Joe. Uh, Jay Cutler, I, I can definitely see that a lot. Um, I mean, Locke, he has some game. There's no doubt about it. Him playing in the Big 12, sure. you already know. That's running gun type uh, type uh, offenses that, that go on there. Now, let me, let me ask you this, R.C., um, with the Dolphins, obviously, you know, you're going to – if you draft a quarterback here. Now, do you think if, if you start Drew Locke right now, what would you say the, the Miami Dolphins, just win-wise, how many wins do you think that they get in 2019? Mm. 
Uh, just ballpark. Five or six. They were better. They were better five than you would think last year. I, I'd say five or right. six. I mean, he's going to have a rough time. But again, like the plays that he makes, and we talk about Cutler and Stafford. Like those guys make some plays. They make some bonehead plays, and a Cutler is even better. I, I think you said that to me first, uh, Joe, and then I was like, yeah, that's a good one. Besides Stafford, but last year. 33 big play, or 33 big time throws, which Pro Football Focus basically says like big time NFL throws that require the, the biggest degree of difficulty. So, I mean, I think there just won't be enough around him to be anything great, but I don't think it'll ruin him either if he gets in there and plays. Because somebody like that, he just needs to be coached up. He needs somebody to push him a little bit. And I think with the physical tools, he'll be fine. I mean, he's never going to be the greatest. He's going to be inconsistent, but I think you're going to get a B minus B quarterback. At the least. Well, so so the reason the reason that I, I just, you know, quickly asked about, you know, how many wins you think they get, you said maybe five to six. So you look at what happened this year as far as teams that won five to six games, and you're saying that they ranged from about, like, the number five overall pick all the way to about maybe 10 or 11. So what I asked, what I, what I, I guess I'm basically getting to is this. Drew Locke, as opposed to what's possibly coming out next year with Tua – from uh, Herbert, do you think Locke is better than any of those three? Well, there's no, there's no, uh, no guarantee you get those guys. That's one. And I guess I'm not. Right. I know you're a Giants fan, so you look at us next year passing. But y'all want sunshine in uh, 2021. <laughs> but I think. You got to deal with what you got now. I know Herbert, he kind of took a step back. You got Tua and uh, who else did you say? Uh, From. Oh, From. And, like, there's no guarantee. I don't think there's a guarantee. Tua looked good, but he seems injury prone. From. I don't think there's a guarantee any of those guys are going to be studs enough for me to pass. So, like, right now, I would take Locke over him, but I need to see him another season. Gotcha. Next, we're rolling along. A divisive prospect. I'll definitely have a lot to say about this one. The yep. Atlanta Falcons at the number 14 pick. They pick Rashawn Gary, edge out of Michigan. So I almost went with Jonah Williams here, um, but the Falcons had invested uh, in some depth along the offensive line and free agency, so I thought, you know, look to their other position of need. Um, I, I feel like they're – like they're going to be really competitive, um, but they need to, to be able to get to the passer, especially um, in the NFC South. Uh, he's got all of the physical tools. This guy has all of the tools to be a top-end pass rusher, but he doesn't really seem to put it together. So I think that with good coaching, and you've got great defensive coaching um, down there uh, in, in Quinn um, for, for this guy, I think that if he can get coached up, um, then this is going to be uh, a guy who can really put it all together. Um, he has some of the best tools of any of the the uh, physical tools of any of the pass rushers here, um, but he doesn't really – he hasn't had the production. Um, I think that his hands are kind of lagging behind the rest of the class, and he doesn't seem to have that, that sort of repertoire of other things that he can do a lot of moves or anything. He's pretty much just relying on all of his his traits, the things that make him sort of freakish. Um, but those freakish things can take you a while. I think if he can get coached up, he can be one of the better edge rushers. Um, he's just not there yet. So I like him for Atlanta. 
I like the situation for him, and I think that if he interviews well here, um, then then they'll like him. See, he is one of the. Uh, I started to do an article on the boom, well, the boom or bust, but mostly bust. I just think he's a bust. He's got bust written all over him. It bothers me when you have those kind of physical twos. You play in the Big Ten. You should have an advantage. You have the best defense in college football for a portion, yeah. and you don't have the production. You have this much talent. It's not like you played at Alabama where he'd be like cycling in and out and things like that. But I don't understand sure. with all that talent why you can't produce. Pro Football Focus has him as the eighth edge rusher in the whole draft, and then I think they have him rated number 48. He had a 68 pass rushing grade this season. Like, there's just something missing, and I don't trust it. I wouldn't take him in the first round, honestly. I, I agree with you, RC. Um, I, gosh, I don't know what it is about him. It, it's just oh, – I, I just feel that he, he's not a top five uh, edge rusher for me in, in this, this draft. Um, I mean, on my big board, I think I have him probably in about, like, the 35 to 40 range. Uh, he's definitely a, a prospect that if he falls in the second round, yeah, I definitely think about – you know, picking him up to see if maybe he can live up to what we think he could possibly be. But he really does seem to have bust written all over him. And I do feel that a, a team that takes him in the, the top 15, they're, they're really, really going to regret doing that uh, a couple years down the road. 15th pick. Joe got the pick again because the Redskins are his team with the 15th pick. The Redskins select Jonah Williams, offensive tackle, Alabama. So, uh, you know, Redskins love the Bama boys, um, especially in the first round. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Another Bama boy. <laughs> so, um, I, I do think the Redskins are another team that is sort of primed to trade down. They've got a lot of holes, and they do like trading down. It's one of um, Bruce Allen's few good qualities, I guess, if, you can, if he has any of those. Um, but they, they traded down in the first round to draft uh, Josh Doxson, which was a terrible pick, but, you know, they picked up another pick. Um, traded down a, a multiple times last year um, and eventually got uh, Darius Geis in the second round. So I think uh, that they might do that, but if they're going to stay here and you're looking at a prospect like Jonah Williams, um, I think this is a great spot for him. Uh, he can play pretty much any position on the line, and the Redskins, uh, despite the Redskins fans, believing that we have a top-notch offensive line. We have great line when healthy, but that's pretty much theoretical. They haven't been healthy in years. Um, and I think this guy gives you stability at that Zach Martin, Travis Frederick type um, stability for the next eight to ten years. I think he can play uh, right tackle for you if you need to. Um, and you could plug him into pretty much any interior spot, uh, cover up the few weaknesses that he does have. Uh, and he could be a pro bowler there for you if he wanted to play left guard. Jonah is a, a, a good pick for the Redskins. I understand you going the route of going uh, offensive line. We understand Trent Williams is probably kind of on the decline possibly as far as injuries and stuff go for him. So he might be hanging it up soon. I like what you said, plug him in at right tackle now to possibly be the left tackle of the future. Um, Jonah, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's my number three uh, offensive line or offensive tackle. Um, I have Jawan Taylor and Andre Dillard above him, but still, I like to pick. Now, let me ask you this, though, Joe. Is there sure. any chance, any chance that the Redskins could possibly look to maybe move on 
from uh, Jordan Reed and maybe draft Noah Futt? So uh, I think that the coaching staff just loves Jordan Reed too much. Um, one of the things I tried to do um, when we were doing our little our, our play uh, mock draft before, um, like the sort of general um, IBS mock draft was, uh, I actually tried to trade away Jordan Reed uh, for some more picks and to, to move up uh, in the draft. And that was that is something that I would like to do. Uh, I would like to see them do that. But uh, I don't think that it's going to happen right here. Uh, I think that Jordan Reed's contract for the games that he plays is, is just too heavy. Um, and I would love to see Noah Font here because it's pretty much you're, you're plugging in a Jordan Reed clone who has no injury history. Okay. All right, moving on to number 16, the Carolina Panthers pick edge rusher out of Clemson, Klein Farrell. Now, when I first saw him, and I was he might have been third or fourth on my list of edge rushers, I was like, I love this guy. But then I saw Brian Burns right after him, and I'm like, oh, there's just so many good edge rushers in this class. He comes from that vaunted Clemson defensive line that was dominant, that got them the national title. I just love him. Like, he's strong. He can get off the edge. He can beat you with his strength. I just – I'm really high on him, and I'm almost apologetic that he was picked this low and that I have him rated low as I do. And I still think I have him in my top – he's number 12 on my board, and I feel bad about it. Uh, I, I – it's another one, like you said, another one of those prospects that, that you love. Um, it uh, – I mean, he's got a great punch. He's another one of those guys that I would call slippery. Um, he just – always seems to find ways to, to just get through gaps and be in the backfield. He just lives there. Um, I love him against the run. I love him against uh, the, the pass. I, I think that he's got um, – I mean, he's, a, he's a, great, a great prospect. Um, the only thing that I don't like as much is, uh, is his burst off the ball. Um, I, I feel like he, he's not that the sort of initial burst, the thing that keeps him from being um, like one of the top tier edge rushers, but that said, in any other any other class, he's probably around the top ten. RC, you, you killed me with this pick right here, man. Like, I, number one, I love the pick for Carolina, but you killed yeah. me because I had the Giants right after Carolina, and I was really hoping <laughs> that he was going to fall there. But obviously that didn't happen. But, no, this is a great, great pickup for them. Actually, um, in, in my mock that I've, I've done or that I put out, whenever earlier this week, I actually had them getting um, feral. So, you know, great mind. Thanks. Thanks alike. I think that this is going to be great for them. They do need to get some more pressure um, to the quarterbacks. And we all know that the, with Drew Brees and, and Matt Ryan, uh, that they go against twice a year, they're definitely going to need to get pressure on the quarterback. So I love this pick for the Carolina. The next pick coming at you, number 17, the Giants select. Devin Bush, linebacker, Michigan. Yes, 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 yes. Um, really surprised that he actually fell uh, this far. I've been hearing a lot of, uh, of things regarding Devin Bush and the possibility that, you know, he could possibly go top ten. Um, so I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens, obviously, on draft night. But for him to fall to 17, I think that, you know, they run that card up to the, the podium ASAP so that they can make sure that they secure their guy. Devin Bush, uh, I think he is a, another 
a guy who he can read and react to what the play is going to be uh, very quickly. Uh, decent and pass coverage as well. I just look at what the Giants have as far as their linebackers go. Um, Alec Ogletree, he's okay. He, he's overpaid, in my opinion, to be a cap casualty after next year. Uh, B.J. Goodson, a uh, guy who can't stay healthy. Uh, I believe Devin Bush would be able to start day one and add a new spark to that second line of defense for the Giants. So that's why I went Devin Bush. <laughs> Um, I love uh, Devin Bush. I think that uh, some people are a little bit scared away um, by his size, uh, just that he's a little bit on the shorter side. Uh, but I think he has all the things that you want. Uh, I think he's another one of those sideline-to-sideline guys. He's a three-down linebacker. He's um, probably going to come in and, and be an instant starter uh, for this Giants team. And, and I, I love this pick in that I, I hate this pick. Uh because, you know, Redskins have to see him twice a year. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm high on Bush. I just think he's a physical freak. I love guys in this NFL to get there in coverage and that can run side to side. I just I love a guy because you've got so much coming short, like, like the Patriots and all these other teams are doing this really short passing game, getting 70% completion percentages, and you need a guy that can just wipe all that out. That's big enough, even though he's a little undersized. That's big enough to make tackles, but small enough to run like a running back almost. And I think Devin Bush is perfect for that. He also is very good in coverage. I think he's a little bit better than Devin White. You know, I've seen Devin White higher in most people's draft boards, but I want to put him even higher. But I've had the I've made the mistake of putting uh, guys that play linebacker, weak side, or or middle linebacker a little bit too high. So I think I have him at eight, but I'm I'm prompted to like pick somebody like that and make him like number one. So I've learned from my mistake of doing that. Number eighteen, the Minnesota Vikings select Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, Florida. As I said, this is my highest rated uh, offensive tackle. Uh, I, I love what he brought to Florida. He's an anchor. Um, I believe he can play both sides: left tackle, right tackle. If asked. Uh, no, 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 no secret that the Minnesota Vikings need help on that offensive line. Um, looked like Kirk Cousins was running for his life last year. Um, I just feel that he was the 10th most sacked quarterback last year, 40 sacks. Uh, they, they need to do something to that offensive line, which obviously outside of Kirk Cousins, it's also going to help out with Dalvin Cook and helping out the run game as well. Um, it's no secret, as I said, that Minnesota needs uh, a better offensive line. They've done some things here and there this offseason, but they, they need to get younger. Uh, I think Jawan Taylor fits that bill, starts day one, helps them out day one. Uh, I like Juwan Taylor. Um, I, I like his game. Uh, I think he's a little bit, uh, a little bit, not, not as great against speed rushers. Um, so that's my only real concern. That and uh, that weight management generally uh, in the off season. He's one of those guys who's probably going to really need that NFL strength and conditioning uh, to to continue to keep his weight down. Um, he's going to need to build up a little bit more uh, lateral agility. Uh, and I think he, he does allow somebody, when you know, watching some tape, especially um, against Allen, he uh, lets people get hands inside a little bit. I think that's why I had dropped him uh, behind Jonah Williams as far as offensive line prospects. Um, just a, a little bit more discipline 
but it, I think all of his issues are things that can be coached away. Um, it, there's nothing nothing about him that uh, that says that he's going to be a bad prospect. I think uh, this is a great pick here. With the 19th pick, the Tennessee Titans select Greedy, Bill, Greedy Williams, cornerback, Louisiana State. I love Greedy. LSU just seems to turn out corners and linebackers. I don't understand why they don't win more with all the talent that comes out of that school. I think they yep. need a lot. The Titans need a lot. They need a receiver, so I thought about going there. They need a safety now, but I'm not even sure that this is a position of need, but you can't have too many edge rushers or defensive linemen. You can't have too many corners. I think Greedy is the kind of guy that can shadow people. He's good in press. He was very, very impressive against A.J. Green and D.K. Metcalf when he played them this season. He basically locked them both up. And I think he's going to definitely be the classic cover corner, shut down, even though nobody does that anymore. But in that mold, that's what Greedy is. What the Titans really need is a quarterback, but that's for a, a, another discussion. Um, right? But, no, uh, Greedy Williams is a great pick for them. Um, you know, Dory Jackson does well as far as cornerback goes for them. We all know Malcolm Butler. Uh, obviously, um, the hoodie knew something that we didn't going back a couple Super Bowls ago, and obviously Malcolm Butler didn't play too well for the Titans last year. So adding Greedy Williams, as you said, LSU just seems to be DBU. They're, they're able to, to just make these cornerbacks to be NFL ready and just come out and do what they're supposed to. Um, I, I love this pick for Tennessee. I, I think if Greedy Williams was five or 10 pounds heavier, uh, he would probably be uh, hovering around that top 10 pick. I think people are a little bit, He's got a sort of a slight frame, and I think people are scared off by that a little bit. But I love all of his skills. He's, he's going to be fantastic. Um, like you said, classic sort of cover corner uh, type guy, crazy speed uh, that just allows him to, to recover if he's going to get beat. Um, if somebody hits him with a double move, he, he's got such great recovery. Uh, I love everything that I've seen from him. He might struggle a little bit in press, uh, you know, if somebody's just trying to play physically. Um, so he might not, he might have to put on some weight and some strength for that. But, uh, other than that, I, I think he's going to be fantastic. As usual, the SEC dominates. Number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers looking for a replacement for Antonio Brown, select Marquise Hollywood Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. So... I think this is a spot for him. Uh, I think this is a guy who has – he's just special with the ball in his hands. Um, And so uh, I've been mocking him outside of my top 20, um, just outside of my top 20 in most of my drafts. But um, I think that this is also sort of the great, you know, FU pick to to Brown. So the Steelers are going to get another Brown, Hollywood Brown, um, and hit a position of need. I think it's a perfect guy to pair uh, with Washington and Juju, and I think this gives the Steelers instantaneously an above average, um, if not like well into the top ten uh, wide receiver core from day one. See, I have a small problem with Hollywood, and it's not so much on the field because he's a Deshaun Jackson clone. When he gets the ball in his hands, he can do some great things. But I've been burned by receivers that have these in, these lower body injuries coming into the draft 
Kevin White never recovered. I believe that was Dobson's yep. problem. And I also think that uh, there was one more that had that problem. It's something about them getting behind on the schedule or pushing themselves so quick to get on the field. There's something to that because these guys that have had an injury, everybody's like, no, 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 it's going to be all right. And they just never get it. And this guy has a serious injury. He has a list spring injury. So, for me, he'd almost be off my board because I just don't like that. I really don't. Yeah, I'm – Joe, I've loved your picks so far. I, I'm just – I scratched my head a little bit on, on this one for – for the Steelers, um, I can totally understand what you're saying as far as kind of like a, a fu type thing to Antonio Brown while you know going ahead and getting a wide receiver. But I don't necessarily think that's a position to need right now with Juju uh, and James Washington right there. Um, I feel like they still need to fix their defense. Um, and looking at how our mock has gone so far, you're seeing some guys that are left on the board like Christian Wilkins or cornerback Byron Murphy. Uh, I just felt that they were going to go a different direction. I uh, I like Murphy here um, as well. Uh, it uh, I I just felt like they wanted a replacement, sort of somebody that was going to add something, having lost uh, two serious playmakers in, in Bell and Brown. Um, I know that they have people who are who they say, hey, you know, next man up, somebody's going to step up. Uh, but I felt like the Steelers are an organization uh, that always seems to like having a plethora of playmakers hanging around, uh, and I just felt like uh, if I was if I was thinking about what the Steelers will do, um, that was uh, that's more what motivated this pick. Gotcha. If there if if the Steelers do pick him, it's almost a guarantee that he'll be good because they seem to really have a knack for picking receivers. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> they, they really do. With the 21st pick, the Seattle Seahawks pick Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, Washington State. Yes, sir. Andre Dillard, that is, uh, as I said, my, my second um, ranked offensive tackle. Uh, a lot of people feel like he's under the radar, obviously going to Washington State, not necessarily getting the exposure of a Jawan Taylor at Florida or Jonah Williams at um, Alabama. Uh, but I just look at this guy, great size, 6'5", 310 pounds. Um, I think that they will probably start him off at right tackle and possibly move him to left tackle uh, maybe in the future. But it's no doubt about it, just how I talked about with Minnesota, I do look at Seattle, and this is a team that needs to protect for their newly highest-paid quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, you know, you look at Russell, what happened with him last year. Now, we do know Russell can extend plays with his legs and so forth, so maybe not all of these sacks that he took in 2018 are his. But when you look at it, I believe Russell Wilson was the, I think he was the third or fourth uh, most sacked quarterback. Uh, he was tied for third, I'm sorry, with Derek Carr at 51 sacks last year. So, you know, in order to clean that up a little bit, obviously, uh, and help out the running game, they need to protect up front uh, in, in the trenches. So that's why I went Andre Dillard for the Seattle Seahawks. He's one of my highest-rated tackles. I, I can't disagree. Uh, maybe you can eh, – yeah, I can't really disagree because it's starting to thin down. Maybe you wanted Christian Wilkins or something like that. Or, yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with that. That's a pretty good pick. 
Number 22, a lot of people have him a lot higher than this, but this is just the way our draft. I feel like he could go to the top 10 or he could be where we have him. Number 22, defensive tackle Clemson for the Baltimore Ravens, Christian Wilkins. Did I make that pick? I think you did. I think I did. Okay. So he's a really good prospect. The only thing I worry about with him yeah, the only thing I worry about with him is being a a three down player. Is he like the two down player that plays the zero technique and he's coming up on you? Can he play all four downs? But I've seen him do some things that are just really amazing. I've seen him get out there on screens and tackle running backs and tackle receivers. I think that he's just a guy you gotta have. You move him around. You just got too much talent not to uh take him out or, or to pick him. Baltimore is a team that likes tough physical players, and I think he fits that mold. I don't think they need to reach for another receiver, and honestly, can Lamar pass any of the receivers that you would draft? <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's a good point, man. That, that's a great point. I was going to ask you, actually, uh, where would ride the receiver for you, but uh, I mean, you went ahead and answered that. Uh, I understand the, the philosophy on this, as, as we said throughout this podcast, uh, the whole time as far as you just keep stacking defensive linemen. Um, that's obviously what the, the Ravens are kind of known to do, especially in the interior. Uh, definitely lost some uh, some players in that second line of defense as far as linebackers go, but there isn't really another linebacker outside of Devin Bush and Devin White that's probably going to go first round. Uh, I, I like this pick uh, for Baltimore. I like this pick a lot too. Um, I the same questions you have are the only questions that I have. Um, I feel like he's got such a great uh, initial burst, and I feel like he plays with such a high motor every single down. Um, I think he does kind of get fatigued as games go on, and at the NFL level, um, how's that going to be? Is he going to is he going to get with the training staff? Is he going to keep that endurance high? Is he going to be able to stay on the field and really be a three down guy? Um, or is he really more of a, of a two-down sort of prospect? And I think that's really the only question about him because everybody, I mean, Clemson's just putting out these uh, defensive linemen now, and, and I think he's another fantastic one. I, I'd love to see him go here. At the number 23 pick, the Houston Texans pick inside offensive lineman, Oklahoma, Cody Ford. Yeah, so um, protecting Deshaun Watkins is uh, is pretty just Watkins Watson, geez, um, is is pretty much it. That's like that's all that you all that you need. That's all that, that they need to put together right now. Um, it's it's been an issue uh, last year, and with Williams and Dillard and Taylor off the board, um, I felt like Cody Ford made too much sense for them. Um, I feel like his strength is there. Um, he's got that sort of mean mentality that you're looking for in those offensive linemen. Uh, I have seen some people say they feel like he can play tackle. Uh, I really don't feel like he can play tackle uh, at the NFL level. I don't think he's got the, the quickness to do it. And I think that if you're kicking him inside and he's playing uh, right or left guard for you, that it really covers up all of the deficiencies that he has, which is essentially his ability to deal with speed on the outside. Um, you're putting him in a position to be that strong, mauler-type guy, and it's exactly uh, what the doctor ordered for this team. 
Man, Joe, if if anything would have come across in that messenger group that we had when the Texans came up, uh, anything outside of offensive line, I, I was going to tell RC, I, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> because <laughs> the you, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head, man. The the Houston Texans, for some reason, it seems like they've kind of been ignoring the offensive line uh, position the past couple years and. As I said with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or with Russell Wilson, you know, we don't necessarily know how many sacks was on him because he can extend plays with his feet, and that's the same with Deshaun Watson. But looking at the 2018 season, Deshaun Watson was the highest sacked quarterback in the league at 62. So there's no doubt about it. You spent the the draft collateral uh, to get Deshaun Watson. He is your franchise quarterback. You protect your franchise quarterback. I believe this is a great pick. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. With the 24th pick, the Raiders, we see the Raiders again. The Raiders select Byron Murphy, cornerback, Washington. So I I went cornerback because – we look at what what they did earlier on in the draft, and they're you know getting some defensive line help. Uh, I, I look at their offense. You have a what they believe is their franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. You just brought in Antonio Brown. They've been working on that offensive line. Uh, I just really feel that they, it was time for them to add some pieces to that secondary. I love Byron Murphy. I do get a little nervous though because I look at the help that he had in Washington with their safety, uh, Taylor Rapp. So I don't necessarily know exactly, was it just a a system that Byron Murphy was able to uh, benefit from, or is he really that good? But I, I'm going to bank on him being really that good, uh, and I think that he's going to be a great fit for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I, think he, I think he is going to be that good. Um, I, I really – uh, see him as being, uh, I mean, I think that his his speed really isn't elite, um, his size really isn't elite, but he was still able to make a ton of plays, and I think that has to do with the fact that he has just got an extremely high IQ and the ability to sort of diagnose what's happening on the field um, and, and see plays happening. It's almost that sixth sense level uh, guy. I, I've seen some... Uh, some really great comps for him. And, um, and I think that he's going to add some size and he's going to be able to play uh, press a little bit more. Um, I'd like to see him work on his agility a little bit. I feel like his, his hips are a little tight sometimes, but um, I, I really like this guy. I think he is that good. And I think that, uh, that we're going to see that here. I agree, Joe. I like this kid a lot. He's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle because he's so solid. I've been going back and forth between he and Greedy. Pro Football Focus has Murphy as the sixth-rated player in the whole entire draft. 47 completion, not 47, 47 quarterback rating against him when he's thrown against. I like him. He's instinctive. He's smart. He's quicker than fast. So some people are questioning his, his uh, long speed, but at the same time, yeah, he's very smart, high football IQ, and he's very good. He, he has very good uh, short area quickness. So I think while he's not going to be like – the physical prospect that Greedy is, I think that his intelligence for the game, his understanding of the game is going to make up for that, and I think that's going to make him an elite cornerback in the National Football League. With the 25th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles, lots of Philadelphia Eagles fans 
in this group that we have, and I felt a lot of pressure. I felt the most pressure for this uh, pick in our mock draft and this draft because Philly fans are loud. I picked Nasir Adderley, safety for Delaware. He can come up and, and kind of pound you a little bit. He can play in the slot. He can play deep. They do have a weakness at free safety. Uh, they have, ah, the kid that traded from New England. But anyway, that kid is hurt and coming off an injury, and I think you got a guy here that can play the slot. you got a guy here that can play back in coverage, and I think that's the best option for them. I think it's silly for them to go for Josh Jacobs on a running back in the first round where you can get one later. I agree with that. I, I don't like – I'm seeing Jacobs uh, mocked here a ton. Um, I think that that's probably uh, gone away uh, with, the, with the trade recently. Um, so I love the fact that this kid can play pretty much um, any position in the secondary if needed. Um, in a pinch, he can play a corner on the outside. He can play the slot. He can play that safety spot. Um, he could pretty much do it all, and I love the fact that he can really, truly play center field and go sideline to sideline. Um, I think that he, all of his issues and the reason that he's going to that he's not a higher, uh, he's not going any higher, is only because of coachable things. It's, it's simply because of uh, recognizing plays as they're happening. Um, it's, it's the competition that he faced and not having to go up against quarterback, corner, quarterbacks, geez, um, who are looking guys off, and, and, uh, and he's going to probably struggle with that a little bit and take some lumps uh, in his early career. But I think if he gets with some, some great coaches, he's going to be a, a great prospect from a smaller school. We talked about guys that we like the most in this draft, and I said earlier Ed Oliver is probably my favorite prospect, but 1A and then 1B would be Nasir Adderley. I, I love his game. I think that he's going to be able to come into whatever team he gets drafted to and just change that secondary up. Uh, I would absolutely hate it if he went to the Eagles because that means I just can't root for the guy um, with me being a Giants fan. But um, – for, for the Eagles, uh, with a, a team who you, you have Malcolm Jenkins, but you don't necessarily know what you have on the other side for safety, this would be a great pick for them. The Baltimore Colts with the 26th pick, pick Jonathan Abram, safety, Mississippi State, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite. Him and Hakeem Butler are tied for my favorite guys in the draft. Hold on, RC, I, did you say the Baltimore Colts? Baltimore did Colts. I say the Baltimore Colts? I'm not that old. Yeah, I mean, what's going on? Man. I'm, I'm not that old. I don't even know. I heard about it, but I uh, was moving there overnight. I heard about the Baltimore, but either I was too young or I wasn't alive. Yes, the uh, Indianapolis Colts. My bad. So, so this, I, I completely agree with you. This is one of my, this is my favorite pick to make. Um, I love I love him here. I think that pairing, uh, if, if if you haven't, if somebody is listening and hasn't watched this kid's tape, go out and watch this tape. You're gonna fall in love. It's just, um, I mean, pairing him with Malik Hooker is just gonna make that that safety tandem scary. I mean, this is Legion of Boom type stuff. Uh, the guy can just he can do it all. He's got amazing straight line speed. He plays like a linebacker. Uh, I, I saw uh, a couple different pro comps. I've seen Keanu Neal, and I've seen Cam Chancellor. Obviously, he's not as big as Cam is, um, but 
he, uh, I mean, he's just, uh, he's a fantastic prospect. Um, I, I love pretty much everything about him. He's absolutely a dog. He plays mean. There is nothing not to like about him. He's going to be a great box safety. And when you allow uh, Malik Hooker to play center field and kind of do what he does best, I think that you're just playing to their strengths. I would love to see him go here. I love this kid, and I don't want him to go in the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's uh, nothing Joe... that the Colts need. Go ahead, RC. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, quickly, there's nothing that the Colts need on offense, in my opinion. So I think that there's no doubt about it that they, they go defense. And uh, secondary is going to be um, something of need. Uh, I like exactly what you said. You pair him with Hooker, and you could sort of get a, a kind of Legion of Boom type secondary going. Um, this, this very well could be, as you said earlier too, Joe, this very well might be my favorite pick of the draft. I think you guys said it all. He's my favorite, one of my favorite guys, but I'm going to uh, let it ride. Number 27 <laughs> is a guy that a lot of people are saying is a steal. He would have been a lot higher in the draft if he hadn't got hurt, but he looks like a guy that you can stock away, and that's Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle at Mississippi State. The Raiders, so third pick I, in the first round. I, I'll put it to you this way. I, I do feel if the board does fall the way it has, there is a good chance that the Raiders could possibly look to trade back, uh, you know, add a few more picks if need be. Um, you know, we look at what the Raiders have done so far. We just went over what they took at 24 with Byron Murphy. And then earlier at four overall, they took Ed Oliver. So there might be some fans that are looking at it like, why did the Raiders take Ed Oliver at four and Jeffrey Simmons at 27? Both of them are inside defensive linemen. But with Jeffrey Simmons, if he doesn't have, I believe it's an ACL injury, if he doesn't have that, there's a chance that he was probably going to be a top 10 pick possibly. Um, you know, you don't give up on what talent possibly could be. And if Simmons is able to get back to form and, you know, reach the ceiling that a lot of people think he will be, having a Simmons and Ed Oliver combo on the defensive line would be probably one of the scariest defensive lines in the NFL. I completely agree. Um, I think that – that the Raiders have a ton of holes, but you can't pass up on that uh, on that best player available. Um, I, I'm really interested to see uh, what goes on here um, with their new GM. I, I think that uh, that if they did do something like this, uh, that that line would be one of the better lines for years to come. With the 28th pick. The San Diego Chargers select Dalton Reisner out of Kansas State. I feel like they just need to shore up their offensive line, protect Phillip Rivers so he can throw to those big receivers. You got somebody else to block for Melvin Gordon. Not a lot of weaknesses, per se, on the Chargers. So you just, uh, you just add to the offensive line, make it better, make it stronger. Uh, I think Reisner is just a nasty guy that can be a road grader, a hog molly, like they, they say in the past, just the kind of guy that you – just a tough, nasty guy that you need on the offensive line. Uh, I agree. I, I keep seeing him mocked in the second round, and I'm like, how? Uh, there's 
I, I love this guy. Um, I, I think that uh, playing at Kansas State might have been the reason. Uh, I think the team wasn't good this year, and and uh, I, so I think that people uh, are forgetting and are, are not really looking at his tape, and uh, he is, he's fantastic. Um, I think that he is an instant starter on pretty much any team. Uh, there's no team I think would – would deny that this guy is, is one of the better uh, prospects out there. I love him on the interior. Um, I think that he's going to be uh, an incredible pick. All right. I guess I don't have anything to say because y'all two basically nailed everything I was going to say. All right. Let's move on then. Another Clemson. Let's see how many Clemson guys. I think we got three in the first round. No wonder why they won. Yep. Uh, 29th pick. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs pick defensive tackle, move them all around. Dexter Lawrence, Clemson. Yeah, so um, I don't see KC as needing too much on offense. Uh, Andy Reid always finds ways to get that done. Uh, he loves finding those uh, depth guys and putting them to work. Uh, so I, I felt like the Chiefs had a ton of holes, um, and it was really obvious uh, in the AFC Championship game. Uh, what they needed, and it was somebody who could uh, stop the run. Uh, this guy's 340 pounds. Um, he's not going to give you necessarily that pass rush that you want, but he's good for a couple sacks a year. He is going to absorb double teams. Um, he is turning big-time uh, runs into no gains or negative yardage. I love this guy. It's exactly what Kansas City needs. Uh, they haven't had serious uh, defensive tackle uh doing anything like this since like a, a Dontari Poe type guy. He's not going to give you that, uh, that, that Poe type pass rush, but he's going to do everything else for you. And you can put him essentially anywhere. This is, this is what the Chiefs need. I'm going to tell you Dexter Lawrence, what's number one. I'm very surprised because I've seen a lot of mocks that actually have him going in the second round. So if he falls to the second round, the team's going to be very happy uh, being able to get that value for him there. But uh, a pro comparison, in my opinion, for him uh, is going to be a guy that I had the uh, ability to see for about the last two to three years for the Giants, um, and that's Snacks Harrison. Um, I see a lot of similarities between the two. Like you said, he's not necessarily going to be able to give you that pass rush, but he will be able to kind of clog the hole, uh, you know, take care of that rush uh, offense coming through. Um, I think this is a great pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. I agree. They just need to rebuild their offensive line. I mean, offensive line. They need to rebuild their defensive line. They just need to. I guess you're concerned about him getting. I guess it was a PED suspension, but he got suspended for the national championship game. I think he's had a little injury history. But sometimes you just got to pick somebody. You got to take a chance. So that would be what I would do with Clemson. The end of the, yeah, with, with Kansas City. It's the end of the first round. You take a risk. It's almost like a second round pick. Number thirty. The Green Bay Packers in the first round again select Taylor Rapp, safety, Washington. So we, we already know what happened with Green Bay last year when they ended up trading ha-ha uh, Clinton Dix to the Washington Redskins before the trade deadline. Um, I, I just look at the secondary. They were able to add good things last year with, I believe, Jerry Alexander and I think it was Josh Jackson, uh, quarterback out of Iowa. So it seems as if the the quarterbacks are there, but they need a little help in the uh, the safety department. 
Uh, I think that they rushed this card up to get Taylor Rapp. Uh, it would be a great addition for that defense that has only gotten better uh, through the free agency. And it's kind of weird to say that because we're used to the offense that we were able to get from Green Bay, but now it looks like they're kind of becoming balanced now. Uh, I like Taylor Rapp. Um, I, I like the way that, uh, that he comes downfield and hits. Um, I think this is another one of those guys uh, from UW who is insanely smart. Um, I think that his intelligence is uh, something that sort of puts him over the top and makes him uh, unique. Uh, but I, I think that he's going to probably need some size at the next level. Um, he is a really big-time hitter, but that has uh, played to some sort of nagging injuries that he's had, nothing terribly serious, I don't think, um, unless I'm missing something. But uh, I, I think he could probably also use a little bit of work um, just in, uh, in his pursuit. But I really like this guy. I think he's going um, to be great. Rap is kind of like the old traditional cliche of a Swiss Army knife. He can do a little bit of anything. He's not bad in coverage. I can see him play too high. He couldn't play deep safety, but he can play in too high. He can come up in the box and thump people. He can cover the slot. He definitely could cover some tight ends that are coming down for the team. But he's just one of those guys that can do everything. And I wouldn't I, – I don't want to get too hype for the comparison, but a little bit of shades of Honey Badger and what he can do as a pro comp, maybe not as good, but what he can do for a team. And this is a really good value at this position, and it's something that the Packers could really use. And I think this is one of the best value picks so far as far as the first round goes. Number I like 31, that, uh, that almost done. The Los Angeles, I almost said St. Louis. The Los Angeles Rams <laughs> select Elgin or Elton Jenkins inside uh, inside offensive line in Mississippi State. This guy is very versatile inside and outside. He's somebody that most people aren't talking about. Daniel Jeremiah had him move up into his uh, first round of his mock draft. He's strong. And he's got a lot of power. He can play all – he's versatile, too. This really helps. He can play all three interior positions, so center, left guard, right guard. And that's the kind of guy you need when there are injuries. You need a guy that can just kick over, even play center, play guard, whatever. You need that kind of guy in today's NFL because there's so much attrition on the offensive line. Uh, I really like this pick. Um, this is somebody who I was hoping that the Redskins might uh, target if they were going to trade back. Um, I, I love the versatility. It's something that I really like in, uh, in interior guys. Uh, but also, being in the SEC, playing against all those great defenses, um, I, I think that he didn't, is not getting the respect that he deserved for being able to, uh, being able to just clog – uh, any kind of gap, um, he is pushing guys around. He is that kind of mauler that I love. He's got a mean streak to him. Um, I, I like this guy a lot. There were two names for me, RC, uh, when when this came up um, that I was hoping it was going to come across, and this one is one of them, which, like I said, they definitely need help on that, um, that offensive line. The other one for me was going to be on the opposite, and that's the defensive line. Um, I was going to say if you would have went with uh, Jerry Tillery, the uh, inside defensive lineman from Notre Dame. Uh, but I love yeah, this prime that you have right here. 
Um, exactly. I love this pick, though, uh, because the Rams do need some help on that offensive line for sure. Um, not really sure what happened because it looked like they had everything under control uh, in 2017, it seemed. But 2018, it kind of looks like they took a step back on it. So I love this pick for them, like <clears throat> with them having Jared Goff. Uh, you have Todd Gurley in the back. You need to make sure that these young guys are able to be at their full potential in their prime. Um, and this would just be a pick to, to further help that out. And then I guess we get our final pick, which probably won't happen because the New England Patriots always tend to trade back. <laughs> but this would be a really they good do. pick for them. At number 32, Noah Fant, tight end, Iowa stud as far as the – I don't see how Iowa doesn't win more games. But a stud as far as speed and athleticism to go. Uh, so the Patriots empire rolls on. Um, this – you know, you're, you're replacing one of the, the all-time greats uh, with somebody who uh, my pro comp for him is essentially Jordan Reed. Um, it's a, a healthier version of Jordan Reed, too, and might even be more athletic. Um, this is a guy who has, uh, I think, every ability to be, at least uh, as far as a receiver, um, every ability to be a top-five tight end uh, in the NFL. Uh, I think that, you know, that's, of course, that's something that the Patriots would get. You know, they would, they would be that team that would have somebody like that, some weapon like that fall into their lap. So um, I, I sort of love to hear uh, Tom Brady, you know, finds his new favorite target and, uh, you know, they're back in the AFC championship again. You can take a couple of them. I, I mean, I just, the rich get richer. I mean, that, that that's all I have to say about that. The rich get richer. This would be a great pick for them. Um, you know, I mean, Noah fan, there's no doubt about it that, you know, we could see both Iowa tight ends go in the top 15, uh, top 15 or top 20. So for him to fall almost all the way out of uh, the first round, I, I, I'll tell you this much. I truly believe that if, if he falls to about the 22, 23 range, uh, there's probably going to be some teams that uh, are in the second round looking to move up to possibly try to take him. Uh, but if the Patriots are really able to get him, he's just going to be able to, to thrive in that system and just become possibly an all-pro. Yeah, I like Fant. Uh, I guess sometimes I get worried about these guys that are almost too athletic and too fast as – as tight end, like, I know there's something crazy to uh, to say, but, like, sometimes you got to be able to change speeds and shift gears when you play tight end, and you got to be able to find holes. And so sometimes that worries me, but he's just got too much talent not to not to pick him. I definitely would take him in the first round. You know, there's a guy from uh, – I'm going to start talking about, but there's a guy from Texas A&M that's really good, but uh, he obviously wouldn't get picked to the second or third round. I can't remember his name. Uh, guys, this is the end of it, but who are some guys that either you're surprised that are still undrafted in our mock, or maybe they'll be drafted in real life and they're not in our mock, or just guys that you'd like for the second round? Man, it's a lot of guys that, that fell that, you know, we're used to seeing get mocked by the quote-unquote professionals uh, that, that weren't taken. Uh, I would say – you look at A.J. Brown, a wide receiver out of Ole Miss. A lot of people think that he might be the second-best wide receiver uh, in this draft class. Uh, I look at quarterback from Georgia, DeAndre Baker. 
I uh, spoke on it a little earlier. Inside defensive line, been from Notre Dame, uh, Jerry Tillery. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a few guys that have fallen uh, and weren't drafted in the first round that uh, I was a little surprised. Uh, I agree. I think that it's um, – I think that we probably don't value uh, the quarterback position as much as the um, the, the GMs in NFL. And I think by that I mean um, we three – probably didn't take any reaches on quarterbacks. So um, I think that's the reason why Daniel Jones fell out of the first round. I think that he sort of deserved to fall out of the first round, but I think an NFL team will inevitably draft him up there. Um, but A.J. Brown was another one who really comes to mind. It's, uh, but I think this is possible. I mean, I, I look at the at the mock draft, and, and I, I love all the picks. I think you guys did a great job. And, um, you know, I mean, this could happen. It's a possibility. Yeah, I think so. I think we got AJ. Quite, I think he's going to go in a second. I don't know if he'll go because the physical traits aren't there. Josh Jacobs, but we will see how valued the running back is. Nikhil Harry still on the board. JJ Arcega, white side. Even though I feel like he's not going to be a first round pick. We did get rap. We got Paris Campbell, which I don't know if he's going to be in there. Uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr., I really like him. I don't think he's going to uh, be in the first round, though. So I think we did pretty well. And Daniel Jones will definitely be picked in the first round. But I think uh, this will be our last question. I would say normally I would say Daniel jo- Daniel Jones' second or third round pick. What kind of grade would you guys put on him? I'll let you go first. Oh, um, I, I, I look at Daniel Jones. Will he be a starter in this league? Sure. I don't think he's going to be spectacular. Everybody looks at his size that he has. Um, I mean, size doesn't always equate to being a, a great player. Um, you know, I, I give him, honestly, if we're going, you know, an A through F, I, I gave him a, a, a C, just a solid C. Um, he'll probably be drafted in the first round. Um, but I, I truly think that this is a guy, as I said, he wasn't in my top five quarterbacks. Um, this is a guy that I would probably say if I'm a team, and I, I'm looking to possibly see if I could get good value. He could pos- I would probably try to take him in the third round, but he won't last that long. Uh, I agree. Um, I have him uh, graded as a second or third round for me. Um, I think that he has average at best uh, arm strength. Um, I really don't like what he's got there. He's got well-developed footwork. And so when you talk about uh, – you know, his footwork compared to other people in the class. And when you're comparing his arm strength, you know that his arm strength isn't going to improve with, you know, being able to set your base and things like that. Some of these guys like Drew Locke are going to benefit from being able to be with NFL coaches and sort of learn that consistency to their game and their, their technique will improve. Um, being in that cut list system, he's really not one of those guys. It's kind of one of the what you see is what you get. And right now he's not particularly great at making reads. He really likes to try and do things with his legs because he is athletic, and uh, it's I, I'm I'm not a fan. I really am not a fan. And maybe he comes in and proves me wrong. I've seen uh, pro comps that say Carson Wentz, um, but my pro comp is more like a like a good Blake Bortles. Mine is Foles. Bortles works too, but Foles. And I'm not talking about Philly Foles with the uh, or Chip Kelly Philly Foles <laughs> or Foles in the season. I'm talking about Foles weeks one and two this year, whatever, when he's stinking it up. Or just normal Foles is what I'm, I see, the Foles skill set. 
So any parting words, gentlemen, that you guys have to say? I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, we did. RC, I, I wanted to ask a favor of you. If you don't mind, this won't take long at all. Um, you know, as, as far as just for fun, what me, you, and Joe did was we kind of extended this to the second round just to see where players would fall. If you don't mind, could I give about five names of some guys that we talked about being surprised that they fell uh, and where they went in the second round for us? Yeah, shoot. Okay. Um, so we had A.J. Brown actually get drafted by the Colts uh, with their second pick in the uh, the second round. Uh, going down, we had Jerry Tillery get drafted by Buffalo. So you're able to um, combine him and Montez Sweat. That would be a nice little uh, one-two. Uh, Daniel Jones actually gets drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals um, at 42 overall. Uh, we had Will Greer get drafted 46 overall to Washington. Um, and this is probably my favorite pick in the second round. Miles Sanders, the running back out of Penn State, gets drafted by the Houston Texans. Love that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a good one. It was interesting. I, I kind of tapped out on y'all because I lost my – well, for one thing, the Draft Network uh, page kept resetting on me automatically, so I had to put all the picks in again. It doesn't do well when it sits for a little bit. So <laughs> that was annoying, so I tapped out on y'all. But uh, I wish there was a way maybe next year they'll do it so that you can log in and you can draft, like, two or three people at the same time because that would be really cool. But, uh, but, yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank you guys for doing it. Uh, I, I don't we'll, – we'll try to see what's going on, and uh, I'm going to try to put up a – what, are you in – are you in town, Joe? Are you in Richmond? I am, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm going to put a – on the page, maybe we do a draft meetup. I don't know uh, what you guys are doing on the rest of the page, but we'll see what we can do. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for Thank having you, me on. Thank you, R.C. I enjoyed it.